How's it, Chanis? Welcome to Safers Abroad. This podcast is brought to you by Digital Inc. Media Solutions. Visit digitalincmediasolutions.com for more information. This is created by South Africans for South Africans, helping people understand what it takes to immigrate with special guests each week. We hope to answer all the questions people have about the immigration process and what it takes to succeed. So let's get cracking. Hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome back uh, to the podcast. Today's guest is uh, Stephen Suntup. Uh, Stephen, how are you doing, man? Uh, good, Warren. Good, man. Uh, so, Steve, you just want to tell us a bit about yourself, you know, uh, what brought you out here? Yeah, well, Warren, uh, I'm 60 years old, 61 this year. I've uh, been in America all in all just over a year with a three-month break in the middle, but it's been a year. And uh, I came here actually to visit my family. All my family live in America. I've got no family left in South Africa besides all my friends. So my brother and sister have been here 27 years. My mother's been here seven years. And uh, when I came to visit them, it could have been the last time I saw my mother. So uh, it was so great to be the family. I couldn't believe it. And uh, such a long separation from them, I decided that uh, maybe I should look at maybe coming to America to be with my family and that's the reason and it's I mean it's quite a big decision you know like uh, a lot of us have gone through it or whatever and uh, what was your final you know your final moment where you went okay I need to move well I, I'd been here for a week and then I went with my brother down to his my brother's a publisher I went with him to see his bookbinder and on the way there we're driving and everything so it's been so normal driving with my brother in the car going to the bookbinder I said, oh, Paul, you know, I think I want to live in America and be closer to you guys. So after being here for a week, my plan was to be here for a month. I'd made the decision. And uh, what's been the most difficult thing here? Well, it's, you know, um, the, whole, the whole thing is difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you're going to make a commitment to, to like, like, for whatever reason it may be, expect difficulties you know i went on a, a three-month road trip through 14 states to try and support my cause i come from the wooden flooring business in south africa so i went and met a lot of guys because i'd spoken to a lawyer and i was coming on what they call an o1 visa which is a visa for extreme expertise and to pr- prove extreme expertise it's not easy so I went on a three-month road trip, all in all, over three months, I went up and down to the East Coast, speaking to guys in my trade, in my game, wooden flooring, uh, doing uh, about 20 different uh, online university degrees on the wooden flooring in, in America, plus in the classroom degree, uh, courses. Yeah, so I did what I had to do, flew back to South Africa, sold up my house, came back to America, back with a lawyer, and the process started. So I was published in the magazine here, which helped my uh, cause to, for extreme expertise. The Wooden Flooring Association's magazine published an article about me, and I received a Lifetime Achievement Award back in South Africa, published in the Wooden Flooring magazine in South Africa, which also helped my cause. 
And when they submitted my visa, which took me a year to get together, uh, submitted on a Tuesday, and on Friday, it was sealed that I have a work permit. So I haven't got a green card yet. I've only got a work permit. And I've got to work on the green card now. So I've got three years to decide and three years to conform with the visa, which is the difficult thing for me. And we, we spoke a little bit before the before the show. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you're well-decorated in South Africa. So I take it the transition getting into a job here is pretty easy. Okay, so I'm not the greatest of people that want to work for a boss. I like to do my own thing and be, have my freedom. And uh, as South Africans do, yeah. Yeah, and for me to, okay, I could get a job here now, but um, it's not what I want. I, I'm not a great corporate person. I'm a loner and I'd like to do things myself. So in my visa, I have to work through a sponsor. And uh, how I'm going to do that is I've got an agency for a product from Holland, which I've got to establish in America. It's an installation system for wooden flooring but uh, not established yet, and that's where my fight comes. That's where it all starts. To try and establish a product in America, this is a massive country, and the guys work head down, they, they, they're all business, and they are solicited by so many people to try and get business, their business, into the new, into the flooring market in my game, in my, in my instance. They are so solicited with guys trying to get in that it's like almost having a, it's like I'm having a, a phone stamped down in my face or a, a door shut in my face all the time. Yeah. I've spent $50,000 knocking and so far no doors have opened, yeah. <laughs> but I'm still knocking. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. It's almost uh, like you feel I want to jump off the edge of a cliff sometimes because I can't describe but you got to remain optimistic and keep pushing on. And I'm, I don't know how far I am from the door opening, but I'm knocking and I'm going to a show in your Orleans to meet the guys face to face and hopefully it all open there. If it doesn't, well, we'll talk again. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I think that's, I think that's one of the big things. Uh, people, you know, coming from South Africa, myself included, when I moved over here, I thought it's going to be easy. I'm well known over there walk into a job here or, or, or do my thing. Everybody knows you. Um, I don't think we realize how big this place is and how many people actually do the same thing we do. So whether it's flooring or whether it's sound or whatever it is, any industry, everyone here, there's like a million applications. And I don't think people realize the big point scenario. And um, I mean, even with myself, you know, I, I knocked on doors, you know, forever. I'm still knocking on doors and maybe one will creak open and then you've got to explore that and it just seems like you know everything's hurry up and wait and and they got their systems and they stick to it how have you found that i'll tell you it's so it's, it's so difficult it's so difficult uh, warren you know as i said look, i was well known in south africa in my field i was the chairman of the wooden flooring association i wrote all the specifications for the sabs i trained all the wooden floor fitters and accredited them so that was my game that was my passion Coming here, no one knows me. So, and they, I don't just say they don't care because it's very different here, you know. Uh, it's As I said, it's all about business. So they're not interested in my long story. And unfortunately, I'm a person with long stories and emotions and pleas and whatever it is. It, it's straight to the point here. And so I'm learning to get straight to the point. I'm trying to learn and understand how the American way is. 
Yeah, so yeah, it's tough, eh? It's tough. Yeah. Don't you can't just walk in here and make a go of it. No, it doesn't work that way. No, look, and I think uh, you know, us as, as South Africans, like I said to you before, we don't give up and we, we push and push and push. But there, there comes a point where everyone's got to go. Jeez, how much more, you know? How far are you from that point? Well, I'm down uh, two thirds of my money. I sold my house in South Africa, and I'm two thirds through that. I've got no income. The lawyers cost a fortune. Everything here cost a fortune. I'm, I'm supporting my own cause to get this product established. Uh, the factory has helped a little bit, but they, I, I put most of it in. Yeah, and uh, just tell me the second half of that question again. Well, like how far are you from the oh, yeah, point okay. of, yeah. yeah. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how far I am. Yeah. You know, uh, what do I, am I going to be penniless? It's a chance, but if I'm penniless, I may have to find a way to get a job, but I'm here for three years. If I'm penniless, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's a tough, tough game. Don't believe you're just walking here because what you see, on, I'm quite prominent on Facebook. I've quite a lot of people in South Africa that follow me, and I've also started a funny, uh, I'm a biker, started a charity in South Africa for bikers. I'm, I'm, I live half in South Africa, half in America, because I am a South African. I follow South Africa all the time. I wish everything to go well there. But Al, I tell you, I, I don't know how far I am. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, this is a hard game, man. Yeah. You talk about South Africa, just to, to go back to that. Like, you know, we see a lot of stuff on, on social media and our news and stuff, and I know 90% of it's bad, and they're only going to show you the bad stuff. Um, how does that make you feel to see your home, you know, be torn apart or the bad things happening? Well, first of all, <laughs> you may hear my voice. You bring on a very emotional um, point about my South Africa, my country. Yeah, uh, what I, South Africa, you know, when I see all that, it hurts me. However, uh, what I respect a lot is the people who have stayed behind and the people that are trying to make it work. Now, if it wasn't for my family, I would not be in America. I'm only here because of my family. I'm a South African, and I'll be in South Africa. And hopefully one day, when I've been with my family a long time, and I've done what I've got to do, I'd love to come back and retire on the South Coast. And I'd really love to be back in, with me and my guys in South Africa. So uh, I'll just say... Uh, what we see is all bad, and you said 90%. I don't think it's 90%, but it is unsafe wherever you go. Anything can happen at any time, and we lived through that. I lost a daughter in crime, uh, gone, murdered. I've uh, been kidnapped, taken into townships, been robbed. <laughs> I think we've all got stories about South Africa. However, it's still my country. I love all the people in South Africa tremendously. It's, it's, I listen to my 702 all day, every day. I'm in touch. So, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing, but my biggest respect goes to the people that are there, that are positive about South Africa and want to make it work and make the difference. And uh, I know it's a difficult thing to be positive in a negative environment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, like, a lot of people think that, you know, because you've moved overseas, you've given up on South Africa and you've, you know, turned your back on your country and things like that. And, I mean, also the reason for this, this podcast is also to show people that that's not the, the case, you know. Um, everybody's got a story why they left. Um, a lot of people, you know, to, to go f further in their career and stuff. But um, it's sad, you know, it's a sad state of affair there and, and hopefully things get better. 
But now on a more positive yeah. note, like you know, we spoke a little bit about the the funny side of America yeah. and how you know it's it's the language barrier. It's supposed to be English and English, you know, American English and South African English, and it's so far apart. Yeah. You know, do you have any? Well, stories? this this is not English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is American. Yeah, it's a different language to English. While these lot of words are the same, they talk differently. You know, I often people don't know what I'm talking about a lot of the time. Mm. And, you know, there are a couple of examples which some of my friends have told me about. And I've asked for a straw with my cold drink and they didn't know what a straw is. And afterwards they realized it's not a straw, it's a straw. And uh, the other day I was in the, in the store. I'm learning to say the American words. We, so the other day in the shop, I asked one of the guys for an avocado pear, had no clue what an avocado pear was. I said an ever. He had no clue what an ever was until I asked, anyway, we got it together and I should have said avocado. So avocado pear, they don't know. Ever, they don't know. Avocado, they know. So there's a bit of a twist on accents. And then one more example I'll give you. We all know the boot and the trunk and the hood and all those ones, glove compartment, stick shift. But I went to order, um, I go on a Friday night to one pub, I go for a beer and a pizza. And the lady who normally serves me was busy, so the gent served me, the barman. And I said, I'll have a Hawaiian pizza. He looked at me like I'm crazy. He said, sir, we haven't got that yet. I said, but I have it here every Friday night. So I said, call the lady, she knows what I have, you know. What am I saying wrong here? So it's not a pizza, it's a pizza. So now when I go on Friday nights, I order a Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> yeah, they, they. I think I think one of the main things is, you know, when I find myself when I when I'm talking to someone, um, or someone at a restaurant or whatever, a waitress, I think they get such a shock by hearing the accent that they actually don't listen to what you're saying. So you got to repeat yourself two or three times. So I'm finding that quite a lot, you know, um, and they kind of look at you as if if you're an alien. Mm. It's so weird. But once I think once they get to know you and and stuff, they, they're kind of picking up, uh, you know, a lot easier. And tell me, um, the food here in America. Well, uh, let me say the food in South Africa is a lot better, uh, more wholesome, more rich, more quality. Maybe it's just the way we cook with our, with our curries and our, all our pop and boss and all the things we do. But uh, I'm not into junk food. I've uh, I've managed to, I've lost 100 pounds, or should I say 40 kilos in weight, so, and I've got to watch myself, so I don't do the junk food st stuff. Yeah, they're a big junk food nation. Yeah. yeah, I don't do it. So I look for, if I go out, I normally will go for a rainbow trout and a zucchini with um, greens, or I'd have a fish, what's the fish? Uh, the, 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 uh, Tilapia. No, the, the red one, the salmon. Oh, salmon. <laughs> I go for a salmon. I want to knowing no, not many people because you know I don't have many friends in, in America and you know I've got to meet so I go what we call meetups. I want a few Asian meetups and uh, a happy hour meetup which I go for a drink afterwards sometimes to meet with people. And uh, the Asian meetups are great because the Asian food is stir fry and quite and wholesome. And there's uh, I've been to two South African restaurants here where I can have chicken livers. And prawns. And how do they compare to the actual South African restaurant? Well, I think pretty good. Uh, you know, it's not exactly the same, but I, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, I was quite impressed with the Mozambicans, um, the restaurant called the Moz Mozambique, which was the chicken livers. And in Long Beach, in a, funny enough, in a town called El Dorado Park, which you'll recognize the name from yeah. South Africa, and the pub is called Aldo's Pub and Grill, I had prawns. 
and I can tell you now they were unreal. Because you know you don't often find the big prawns here in America, and these were the big prawns. Yeah, they got prawns. the little shrimp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. Eh? You know. So yes, yeah, so I think if you look around in America, you can find great food, and there is some really good food here. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But I'm getting used to it. Yeah, look, I mean, we we used to eat a lot of gem squash back home, and we, obviously you can't find gem squash here. But then we it took us about two years, and we found out that an acorn squash is the same as a gem squash. I was just going to say that it's yeah. just bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So we we kind of also trying to figure things out, um, you know. It's been a while, but uh, tell me just uh, just in closing, what advice would you give anyone who's you who want to come over? Sure. Well, first of all, I think both parties have got to want to come over if you're married, because if one forces the other, and you get under this kind of pressure. Because I can tell you now, this is the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, and I've been through difficult things. This is most, by far the most difficult, stressful, I can't even describe it. It's not easy. So if the one guy wants to come and the lady or vice versa doesn't want to come, there's going to be an argument and you're going to be going back to back home again. You've got to be able to go through the hard times. You may come, you think you've got a lot of money, never mind the exchange rate, you're going to lose your money by 15 or 14, whatever it is. It's the dollar year, a beer in South Africa, cost me 25 rand I think now. A beer in America cost me 75 rand from the conversion, $5. So uh, don't think you're coming all your money, you're going to be fine. Your money's going to run out as mine is. And then what? So be prepared. You've got to want to. If you can, America is a great nation. It's a great country. It's the biggest first world country and it works. Everything works here. It's fantastic. I find everything works out, which is lovely. You know, you, you sit on the internet. I mean, I'm, just at my house, I got 400 megabits per second, which, like, I mean, back home, we battled to get, you know, 25 megabits per second, which is great. And, and things everywhere work. You know, you sit on your cell phone and you, you want to order stuff, you can order stuff before you get there. It's, it's beautiful. And that's, you know, that's the one plus um, that we find over here. And everything's clean. You know, we find the roads and everything clean, and you can see where tax money's going. But, you know, as uh, as it, all South Africans are, we miss home. We miss um, home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we miss home because, we, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. Eh? You know, I love South Africa. I always will. I'm always positive about it. So I wish everybody well there. I'm in touch all the time. As I said, I've got a foundation there for charity I'm, I, I run. And uh, I can't go home now with my visa, as status I am. I have to be here for three years. And uh, my future is unknown, but hopefully it ends up back in South Africa one day. Yeah. Well, Steve, we wish you all the best, man. Thanks for coming on. Okay. And uh, hopefully we see you in, uh, in a couple of years uh, you know, killing it out here. Thanks for listening. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode to subscribe and like the page. And look out for the next one. Have a great day. And see you on the next Safas Abroad. Cheers, Jonas. <laughs>